Let's go. Let's go on a Monday. It's the Plank Show. We are live on location inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. And, you know, the one thing from Saturday night, as you know, if you're new to the program, welcome. Appreciate you. We spend basically three hours talking nothing but OU football on a Monday. Uh, We allow ourselves a a little time here in the first segment to touch on some other things that happen in the world of sports. But I'm trying to make sure that I phrase this correctly because there is a prize in store for the best submission, our player of the game, if you will. And it is, as Big O and Pop once dubbed it, the elusive ham sandwich. Uh, You can choose. It can either be white bread, Wonder Bread, homemade by yours truly. Get that little extra chunk of cheese on there, and you're good to go. Very big prize. You will be the talk of the town. Where'd you get that ham sandwich? And it's a simple question. And you can submit any way you want. At Twitter.com, you can hit up Josh and I. Josh is at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Everybody can use at KREF Sports. I'm going to actually throw a tweet out there, too, uh, so we can kind of aggregate some responses that way. Um, Air Comfort Solutions text line has become the most popular way to get in touch with the show. What, what did Bob from Cement dub us? Sports text 1400? Very that well is done. true. Very well done, BFC. But 405-651-3439. And if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can pick up the phone and call 405-329-9000. That is the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. But before we, we get all in, uh, I, I just I happened to pop up my laptop. One of the first things was one of – I happened to pop up my laptop. Like I magically don't use it every day for the show, uh, and it's cracked screen. But one of the first things I saw was uh, someone had posted a picture of their kid taking part in the halftime show with a band. Josh, I, I know that you weren't there on Saturday night, right? You were working on your, your Hawkeyes wire stuff? That's correct. Yeah, no, correct. I, was, okay. I was not out there. Fun night. Fun night for you, huh? How was the Heck traffic? How was the traffic after that Cyhawk series loss uh, against Iowa State? But at halftime of the game, after they honored the Women's Gymnastics National Championship team, they had, it was called Band Day. Now, I'm not judging. I know some of you like to make fun of us, band members, but I'm not making fun. I'm not knocking it. Here was my takeaway. I've never seen more instrument-playing kids on one field in my entire life. I don't know how they got them off the field in time for the second half. And as I watched it, because at halftime, I like to go up to Sooner Vision, kind of eat, eat my pregame meal, and, and try to regroup a little bit. Maybe use restroom, all that fun stuff. Maybe a little rehydration. Josh, I couldn't get out of the stadium because so many of the band kids were, like, racing in. I mean, sprint. I'm surprised someone didn't tumble and take down the rest of the crew. Well done, by whomever was in charge of putting that together, because I still am in shock by how many kids I saw in the field on Saturday night. Now, more more on the game coming up here in just a bit. Yes, 
I want to hear your offensive line frustrations. No, uh, I, I don't think there's a magic fix we're going to come up with today. And, you know, I've always joked that there's certain people that when they they tell you either they listen to the show or, or bring up something that they heard on the show, you're like, ah, it's kind of people I like listening to the show. Because you get, like, your Harry James Taylors, who you know are crazy. Love you, Harry. Harry thinks I should have him come down and help me on the sidelines. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, absolutely yeah. you should do that. <laughs> but so I, I bring it up because I had one of my – one of those dudes, uh, uh, my man Trevor Anderson, we're talking about the show, and I'm like, this kind of guy that I like that listens to the show. Look, look, uh, a, a normal human being has has good takes, sports fan, family guy. You know, most of it, a lot of times you meet him, it's like some degenerate. You're like, oh, boy, this is not good. But – Trevor had a, a hilarious take. He goes, watching that game on Saturday night, it almost appeared like they kept it tight on purpose. And I was cracking up because my wife and my kids went to the game, and literally the guy sitting behind them the whole game was saying the same thing, Josh. Oh, they're doing this on purpose. They want to keep students around. This is just ridiculous. Look, they easily could have had a first. They're doing this on purpose. But that's I, I say it not because I think anyone really truly feels that way, but I say it because that's how shocking the inability to run the football was on Saturday night. Shocking. Shout out, Trev. All right, so we'll, we'll get to it all coming up here in a bit. Josh, you've got to be on cloud nine right now. I, you're on cloud nine. Um, I'm somewhere like in, in purgatory where I don't know how to feel because the demise of the Chiefs greatly exaggerated during the offseason. I feel like, and I think you agree, I've been someone that thought, ah, I think it's going to be tough to replace Tyreek Hill. But Patrick Mahomes is still your quarterback, and Andy Reid is still your coach. Not going not to lie, I hope that they stink. But after throwing five touchdowns and making the Arizona Cardinals look like a peewee team yesterday, you've got to be on cloud nine with your Chiefs right now. It was a great start, wasn't it? Great debut of the season. Mahomes was Obviously sensational. Per usual, uh, defense looked for one game, improved for Kansas City. Now, you know, end of last season was pretty good, defensive side of the football for Kansas City, but there were certainly some cracks along the way and, you know, throughout the postseason, not perfect in that regard. But uh, this is kind of one of those things we talked about that maybe Tyreek Hill going away and getting Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Miko Hardman, that there was going to be a plethora of offensive right. options for Kansas City instead of just Tyreek Hill. So I think one game in, we've seen a little bit of Should that. Should feel good. Should feel good. Uh, that's not really what anyone is talking about, unfortunately, this morning because when the Dallas Cowboys have controversy, that takes over everything in the world of sports. And now you have an injury to Dak Prescott. Looks like, you know, it, these timelines are always weird. It was, if you missed it last night, it was a follow-through, his hand, who was it? I keep wanting to say Shaq Lawson, but it was, I think it was Shaq Barrett. His, his hand got the helmet, and immediately you realize something was wrong. And he went over the sidelines. Then as he's running, then as he's running to the locker room, somebody throws something at him. <laughs> Freaking Cowboys fan. What are you doing? But. As he's running the locker room, someone throws something at him. We find out afterwards that he's going to be out for a while. Uh, what, what did Jerry initially say? Like four to six weeks? And then we talked to Dr. David Chow last night right here on the ref, and uh, the pro football doc said 
you know, he's thinking more like six to eight weeks. So you know what that leads to, Josh. Everyone trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone trying to find out if Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back. Everyone trying to talk about whether or not Drew Brees might play there. I, I don't know what you do, Cowboy fans. I don't. You've lost your starting left tackle. You've lost your guard. You've lost your quarterback. Jerry Jones has made it clear they're not going to be team tank this season. Uh, or in any season, right? So, I don't know, Josh. I don't know if they make a deal. I haven't refreshed Twitter in a while. Heck, they might have already they might have already made a deal. But I don't know if you make a deal. I don't know if it's too rich. I don't know if you try to wait it out and become a team that's going to be three yards in a cloud of dust. I don't think you're going to put yourself in a position where the bottom just falls out. But that was a fascinating development in an otherwise unwatchable Sunday night football game last night. Well, and this will get lost in the mix of Dak Prescott being injured, but what is it about Dak Prescott that he can roll up all these stats against 500, sub-500 teams, and then as soon as he plays somebody good, he's just not very good. It, It just feels like that's kind of the narrative of his career. I want to believe that Dak Prescott can lead Dallas over the top to be one of the NFC's best teams. And Tampa Bay, look, they're really, really good defensively. They cause a lot of problems for a bunch of different people. But, man, it just is so frustrating to watch him flounder at times. The Cowboys front office probably already kicking themselves a little bit for some decisions they made on offensive personnel to not bring back. And now they've got one week in already some pretty serious questions to be answered. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. So we've got that from the NFL. And then, just real quick on a non-OU side of things, where are you right now if you're a Texas A&M fan? Just the arrogance, the cockiness, the craziness. Where are you? Like, you got beat by App State on your home field. And honestly, in, in prepping for this game this weekend, you know, Texas A&M didn't play all that well against Kent State until the fourth quarter last year. Maybe it was the third quarter. But this is – I don't I, – I get it. Oh, you got all these great facilities, and Jimbo's got his two ranches and all that. But, I mean, you're losing at home to an App State team that we all agree is a pretty good team. But, Josh, App, Appalachian State, they, they're breaking in new everything, right? Uh, they went on the road. Or they, they, they welcomed in North Carolina, nearly beat them last week, and then they hand Texas A&M a loss. I mean, I get it. Some might say, wow, really, you're going to start with A&M and not Texas? Yeah, because I think the Texas A&M situation right now is one of the more interesting storylines to follow because how about all this money from collectives and from NIL? that has been put forth towards this. I understand it can't be performance-based, but we absolutely know that's BS. Where are you right now if you're Texas A&M, Josh? Because it's not getting any easier. I know, listen, they're A&M, so they stay ranked, but they get Miami, Arkansas, and then they go to a Mississippi State team that's looked pretty good the last few weeks. Yeah, they got to get the quarterback situation figured out. To have Haynes King back there not throw for 100 yards against Appalachian State, who – Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw what happened to Appalachian State the previous week defensively versus (laughs) North Carolina. I mean, it is such an indictment on the quarterback play in College Station. Folks, 
North Carolina scored 63 the week before on Appalachian State. Three. And Texas A&M's quarterback can't throw for 100 yards. So, man, it's same old, same old Texas A&M. As soon as you think with the number one recruiting class that magically everything's just going to be different for the Aggies. Yeah, they beat Alabama a season ago. You got to wait for this program. But believe it when you see it that this is a legitimate national power. So, uh, and then real quick, before we grab our break and go all Sooners for the next two hours and 45 minutes, maybe if I actually laid out what we were looking for on the Air Comfort Solutions text line on Twitter and the phones, uh, after two weeks of Sooner football, I know this. After two weeks of Oklahoma football, I know this. Uh, Also, from week one to week two, I feel better about this. From week one to week two, I feel worse about this. But how about as we segue from A&M, Josh, Big 12's no joke. After... After a couple weeks of the college football season, uh, in the most proper Queens English I can use, ain't getting any easier on the road. Ain't getting getting any easier in this conference. Um, Kansas State is coming here in two weeks, and they looked awesome on Saturday. Now, don't don't get me wrong, Josh Helmer, uh, Missouri might stink, but Kansas State looked incredible. Uh, I know Baylor lost to BYU on Saturday night, and I've been kind of down on Baylor this entire offseason, so nothing from that shocked me. But I think lesser teams would have fallen apart much more than Baylor did in that game. Kansas beats West Virginia. I mean, Texas Tech holds off Houston in overtime. Texas fights, scratches, and claws Alabama down to the wire. I mean, let's go. Week to week, this is going to be a dog. And you know it's Oklahoma. Teddy talks about this constantly on the rush weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on the ref. Oklahoma's going to get everyone's best shot anyway. We know that West Virginia just lost to Kansas. But we know when we go to West Virginia here, what, four or five weeks, JT Daniels is going to be out of his mind. West Virginia is going to run for uh, – have a couple running backs. Break. They're just going to play out of their mind. That's what happens against Oklahoma. But one thing that was a big takeaway for me yesterday and this weekend, this league's got a little juice to it this year, and it's going to be a fun 2022. How about Kansas? I mean, now all of a sudden, after that win at West Virginia, you start looking at their schedule and even the the Big 12 scores from this week. Do you, do you know who Kansas plays next? Uh, who do they have next? They Is go, to, tr- they go to Houston. Oh. So that's all of a sudden pretty intriguing. Then they have Duke, and then they have Iowa State, and uh, then they have TCU. So all of a sudden, let's not get too out over the front of our skis here, but winning in Morgantown the way that they did, all of a sudden looks like maybe there's some winnable games on the Jayhawks schedule. And you know who's one of the top names that you kind of keep hearing mentioned for that Nebraska job? One of them? Well, the head football coach at the University of Kansas. Who would do a heck of a job at Nebraska? <laughs> it was funny. Everyone started mentioning Matt Campbell immediately for that, and I kind of came away from it and thought, Matt Campbell better win at Iowa State. Everyone in college football loves Matt Campbell, but Nebraska's got to go out and get a winner. And I think Matt Campbell's a winner, but they're not going to – well, let's get to it. I mean, Nebraska fired Scott Frost yesterday, and in that vacancy – as fun as the Big 12 is going to be this weekend, we now know you're going to get an overly motivated Nebraska team on Saturday that, you know, we, we've talked about it again a lot. 
either you want to go out and prove that your coach shouldn't have been fired and that you're going to fight for him or you're going to fight harder because you've got a new voice and you were tired of the coach that was there before you. I'm doing some research on it, but I feel like Josh teams after they fire a coach have like this motivational and performance bump that always seems to take place. But, you know, it's going to be fun to see what the Nebraska vacancy kind of cultivates because I don't see them doing a Joey McGuire, right? I don't see them hiring a guy, you know, midway through this season. I think Trev Albers is going to take his time. Uh, I think a lot of names in the Big 12, Chris Kleiman, Matt Campbell, Lance Leipold are going to be up for it. But I also wonder if they don't try to swing for the fences. I also don't wonder if they try to, to make a move like USC did because if there is one thing we do know, Nebraska does not lack for money. And the name that I think of whenever I say that is Mark Stoops at Kentucky. And that's the name I think of, right? Or And I know Urban Meyer, right, because, what, Big Noon Kick's going to be there this weekend. Uh, I don't think you – know, I've talked to a lot of people in Nebraska. I don't think that Nebraska wants to deal with that PR mess. I mean, listen, it was bad enough with having to fire one of your legends, you know, two games, three games into a season – but I think it's going to be fascinating to see what direction they go. And then, Josh, what we see on Saturday from this Team 86, the Scott Frost. Yeah, I would not count on the Nebraska team that has lost a couple of its first games. I would count on Nebraska to try and deliver a inspired performance against Oklahoma, right? Like you said, head coach firing sometimes has a weird way of galvanizing a team. Things have gone obviously terrible in Lincoln, Nebraska for quite some time. But uh, if you're Oklahoma, you got to go up there and make it more of the same. You can't be counting on it's just magically you show up and it's going to be the same. You got to go make it that way. So there you go. There's everything about non OU that caught our eye this weekend. We'll sprinkle in some highlight sounds and reaction throughout the day. But when we come back, 405 329 9000, Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. And, of course, on Twitter, after two weeks of Oklahoma football, I know this. It's a plank show. I know this. We're on location at OU, hanging out on a Monday with you right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, 405-329-9000, Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. All right, Josh. I'll let you start. Air Comfort Solutions text line already hopping. i got to throw a tweet out here in a second. What uh, what'd you learn this week after a couple weeks of OU football? Outside, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm trying to think of the wording of the tweet because, you know, if I just put out there, after two weeks of OU football, I know this. The first response is, oh, used to know. <laughs> I know. Don't you hate that? The 2-0 what the, What's your biggest key to this game? <laughs> Score more points. Win the game. I'm like, okay. I hate all of you. At, at least you were first on it. What caught your eye this weekend? Well, if we play the game, what do you know through two games? What caught my eye? Danny Stutzman's the best player defensively for Oklahoma. I think that we we now are seeing that. And if not that, then, look, Danny Stutzman is a bona fide star for Oklahoma. The light has come on. He's all over the place, man. Four tackles for loss in this game. Uh, Pro Football Focus has their stops category, which essentially they evaluate whether a play was successful 
for your defense and seven stops for Danny Stutzman in this game, which is an absurd number. You, you, you don't see that very often, 12 tackles for Danny Stutzman. So his emergence for Oklahoma, they've got their next great linebacker. And it's been – with with Kenneth Murray, we saw some of that. But sure. uh, I don't know that even with Kenneth Murray, we saw that this quickly to this degree. So what Danny Stutzman is doing, just the, the physicality right. that he plays with is infectious for this Oklahoma defense. And, man, it's been, it's been a long time coming that we've been waiting to see Oklahoma have that type of attitude on that type of the football and I genuinely, I think a lot of that starts with him. He's such a great personality. He really is. And I think that I think that you'll hear today from 3 p.m. with Teddy, a lot of things he still needs to work on. A lot of things. And it's it's just when he makes a play, he pops. That's that's the thing to me. There's are there are there responsibilities he needs to improve on? Uh, yes. Are there things that he can do better? I mean, there, there's no finished product. But I love the way that you phrased that, Josh. We we know we know we're getting. It's like okay, D- Danny Stutzman's going to bring it. And you're right, canine. You know, you can go down the list of guys. I mean, I was thinking about it this morning since 2011 because I kind of had the same thing. You know, we, we tried to elevate some guys there, and it just never materialized because we all want our next Teddy. We all want our next Rocky Kalmus, our Curtis Lofton, our Lance Mitchell. Um, and and it's, a, it's a position in Brent Venable because what DNA are all those guys from? The Brent Venable's defensive DNA, right? They were all under that umbrella. So – you get excited about that next wave of, of just – I can't think of any other way to put it. And apologies to any of uh, my church members that are listening, but badass linebackers, right, dudes that you know, whenever they go out there, they're going to make you feel it. And, Josh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Danny Stutzman looks like he's going to be one of those guys. He was in the pre uh, – he was in the preseason Hall of Fame. He was in, like, the no snaps Hall of Fame. But two games in, as the, the, the starting middle linebacker on this team, he's – He's shown to be that dude. And I think Oklahoma's got a couple of those guys, by the way. Billy Bowman, again, another really, really nice performance for him. Involved in the uh, the strip there, the fumble that Oklahoma created. And Reggie Grimes, a- another great game for him to start this season. So w- when you're seeing multiple players that are delivering consistent results, fantastic. Fantastic to see for Oklahoma that you've got that trio right there that has played well. And it's not that other guys haven't had good games, too. Justin Broyles was really, really involved on Saturday. So Oklahoma's getting a number of contributions, but I just think it's fantastic for OU that you've got three guys that we can look at the tape for both games one and two that, man, tons of production for that trio. Um, so for me, then, before we grab a break and hit some of the early reactions from you guys, I, I was going to – after two weeks, I know this. When the fans stick around, a place is awesome. And kudos to the students. I know the natural reaction from some is, well, it was 
perfect weather. Yeah, it was perfect weather. If you're leaving that game early, I don't I, – unless you're just mad. It's like it's only 7-3 at the half. I want to get home. Right? I don't know. But I've always known the difference that a great home crowd can make. It, it's not breaking news to me. But now there's some things that are starting to go on where you're like, I want to be there. And that's what you need in today's college football world. But with what they've added with the the LED lights and just the, the game day experience continues to me for every frustrated person about it was there wasn't enough water and there wasn't enough ice and there wasn't this. I, I said this a lot last week. I said a lot. It's usually one game or a game and a half where that's a big-time concern, right? And it's always an early season game. I know everyone's like, just do what LSU does and play every game at night early on. Unfortunately, in the Big 12, it's not like Oklahoma's ability to do that. It's kind of on the TV partners. Not kind of, it completely is. And you hope as time goes on that people – you're also going into a league where – Every single team wants to avoid a mid-afternoon and early morning kickoff because of the weather. The weather's not any cooler in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or uh, I almost said Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I almost said Talladega, Talladega, too. Tuscaloosa or Gainesville, it's hot there, too. So I know you're going to have a lot of different gods you're trying to serve on that front when it comes to TV kick times. But, man, give me more primetime games when everyone's engaged. And that was awesome. That was for as much grief as the student section took from last week, I thought, Josh, that environment, uh, being down in I found myself a lot of times just kind of in awe, immersed in it. It was great. And it was something I think that the staff really wanted to see after week one. I think that I, it's fair for me to say that. And I think it's something, too, for a lot of the diehard fans they really wanted to see after week one. The LED lights, do you have some thoughts you'd like to share on that portion of the experience? I thought they were awesome. I thought they were awesome. I thought they were really cool. You know, the first one when it first – I guess the players didn't even know it was going to happen. That's what Theo Weiss told me coming off the field. He's like, we didn't know it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what, 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 this is awesome. And it was almost as if they kind of – they the, the first one, it, a little bit different, but then on defensive plays and – and, and then whenever you had touchdowns, the fireworks were going off. It was it was really cool. It, it was one of those where you're like, man, I wish you could have been there. Because if you were there, you would have loved it. It was great. Sorry your kid had this. Sorry you had to do that. I'm glad you, you, you were able to get someone to go use your tickets. But, man, when there's a primetime game, you better make sure that you're in the palace because it's cool. And I know, listen, that – there is no such thing as 100% customer satisfaction. It just doesn't exist. It's not life. Someone's going to be mad about everything. But I'd be hard-pressed to find someone that didn't see that on Saturday night and thought, holy smokes, that's cool. My kids, were all, they stayed till the end of the game, Josh, and they never, ever, they usually, comp- after spending half of what I just made working the game on concessions, they usually want to leave and go home early. No, no, they were engaged, and I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, so let's get a break. Wait, your Air Comfort Solutions text next. When we come back, I, I can see someone right now mad. He's like, I don't care about LED flashing lights. I want to know what's going on with this offensive line. So we'll try to answer that question.
as we kind of break down week uh, one, week two of the Oklahoma Sooners right here on the ref. I, uh, by the way, I'm sure you appreciated it. I was going through the uh, text, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, kind words from Danny from Norman on your Norman North broadcast this weekend. Is that right? Somebody said something nice? Kudos, yeah. David Nor- David from Norman said you did a great job, Josh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Does he know the fight that you had behind the scenes technically every single game, or was it smooth this weekend? Hey, it was smooth, baby. Yeah. No big right. deal. <laughs> I Every single time I think about high school football, I remember the days whenever we had to find a phone line. Hey, you got a phone line here that works? I need a phone line so I can I hook up for my broadcast. And then if someone would happen to call that number while you were on the air, it'd like knock you off the air. Good times. Chris and Norman are – is that right? No, Chris – Chris checked in off the air, right? Sooner those, Chris. We've got too many Chris's around here. I think I need to let myself go. I need to go with George more often. <laughs> um, what does Alabama, Texas mean for Oklahoma? I don't, I don't really think much, right? I think we – Quinn Ewers looked really good. Um. What they did, Jordan Renault just get fonged to Alabama? Is that what I'm seeing all over the Air Comfort Solutions text line right now? Yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe Jordan saw that and realized he needed to go help out Alabama. I don't know. I, I will say this. I don't know if I've ever seen an Alabama team that out of sorts, and I don't know. I, I'm not trying to get too negative towards Texas because I want to give Texas credit. They frustrated them. And they had some dudes that were flying around. They had two freshmen on the offensive line, and they played well. But Texas always plays well in big games. The, the times whenever Texas doesn't play well is in the games when they're favored. Are the games when they're supposed to be better? Always play well in big games. They always play us. Look at last year. Look at the last few Red River rivalries. I mean, they always play better in big games. I'm kicking myself for not – thinking about that. I was just so caught up in the Nick Saban and the greatness of Alabama. I just think it means what it always means. You're going to get the best Texas when you see them on the first Saturday in October. And I think it showed us that Quinn Ewers can sling it. And and the point I was talking about, and you saw it play out, people that were fighting with me on Friday. But the they played to win with Quinn Ewers in the game. They're taking shots down the field. Steve Sarkeesian had confidence in him. What happened as soon as Hudson Card came in the game? Started checking things down. Weren't taking those same chances. They were being a little bit more cautious. How ah, we're close here. But I, out of a two, Josh, came away really impressed with Texas. But I always know you're going to get their best shot, as will Oklahoma State whenever they play them this year. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it yet. I think it's still figuring it out. Yeah, and I hate to be this way, but – Need more information. I'm going to be a little bit need more information guy. My early inclination on it is in Texas played great. They played great. They played hard. They could have won that football game if not for obviously a really clutch drive from Bryce Young, a Heisman Trophy winning drive from Bryce Young. I mean, the quarterback he's built to be, he was in the moment after Texas took the lead late. Just cool, calm, collected, drives them right down the field. They go win the football game. This is the Texas we know, though. They show up for these kinds of games in these kinds of moments, and they don't do it against everybody else. So is this going to be a 
turning of the tide for Sarkeesian, for Texas, that now all of a sudden we're going to see what we saw Saturday versus Alabama against the entirety of right. Texas's schedule? Or was this just the one-off, nearly pulled an upset over top-ranked Alabama? I don't know. I, I, I do not know at this Me point. All right, a couple of quick air comfort, uh, air comfort solutions text from the 740. Josh, I don't disagree about Stutzman, but I like the way that Bowman just looks to the sideline after he makes a, makes a play instead of flexing after every play. Very businesslike. Yeah, I, I dig the businesslike approach, too. I hear what Me you're too. saying. Me and too. I would just say this to that point, and I don't think you're knocking anybody. I, I dig what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. We've had that complaint about Oklahoma in the past, right? Pass sales over everybody's head by a couple of yards, and you got guys doing the incomplete incomplete signal. It's like, well, eh, did you really defend that play? I mean, was that really something you did defensively? So I get it. The nonchalant, just go about your business. We like that. Job. But I do think there's obviously a place for Danny Stutzman is uh, he's he's Mr. Vaughn, right? He's he's the wild thing. He comes right. in, blare my music. He's he's a little bit of a wild child, and you need multiple personalities like that. So I think both can exist to where Danny Stutzman flies downhill, boom, tackle for loss, and he's shaking the helmet. I mean, he's got a little attitude, a little flair to him, right? So having both personalities, I think, is just fine. Um, Gunny of Stutzman's Army writes, after two weeks, I know we have a legit defense and another great offense. Uh, there's been a few people fighting about the offense uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Jesse, I know this. The students were in force early, stayed for the entirety, and were engaged. I was proud of them. I was too, man. They were amazing. And for the 918, the lights were awesome and so fun. The crowd was also much more engaged, especially on third downs. I know this. I think our defense is awesome. All right, we'll get to more of your text. A lot of good ones rolling in, but when we come back, I, I promise all football on a on, on a OU reaction Monday, but I do want to slip in our friend Lindsey Gray Walton because it was a big weekend for volleyball. They got a big match coming up, and I also want to add we we gotta we gotta figure out what we're getting in Nebraska this week. I know it's about a Saturday reaction today, but. You can't help but wonder what the Sooners are going to see from a team that just fired their coach. Here's trivia for you, Josh. Oh, you played a team last year or the week after they fired their coach? Remember who it was? No, I, I don't off the top of my head. Texas Tech. Ah, and as we saw last year, it went terribly for Texas it Tech. It doesn't always go well. All right, quick break. When we come back. We'll continue to get your text, your tweets, and your reaction to the OU win over Kent State right here on The Ref. All right, much more from the Sooners win over Kent State, but how about what OU Volleyball did this weekend? We are pumped to be joined by Lindsey Gray-Walton. The Sooners are 7-2 on the season, 3-0 and in a challenging field at Santa Clara. Coach, congratulations. Man, uh, got to be feeling pretty good about the way things are going. First, good morning. Yes, thank you for having us on. We're actually at the airport right now, and we're continuing this road trip, and we head on to Abilene for uh, the Tuesday night matchup down at their place because they came to us last year. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a good weekend, and, you know, we just – with this young team, Chris, we keep getting better every match we play, and it really doesn't matter kind of what every everything around us throws at us. Um, we kind of just – keep the bus moving in the right direction and you know we didn't skip a beat this weekend even though we 
had some different personnel out there on the floor competing. You know, it was still Oklahoma volleyball and, um, yeah, really just pleased with how we're starting to gel as a unit, not just as players, but as people too. Well, let's talk about one of those players that is um, just continually relentless on the attack. I know Megan Wilson, uh, three seventy-five hitting percentage against Fresno yesterday, finished with 15 kills. Still wild to me that she didn't start playing volleyball until much later in her career. But where have you seen the sophomore continue to progress? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the biggest thing this year was the position change for Meg. You know, we moved over to the opposite. That was something that we went – all in on in the off season and a big part to her is, you know, her willingness to do it and her willingness to see the opportunity and the good for her and her game. And then also our offense around her that was, you know, we knew was coming in and um, just growth, you know, growth in, in young people, the development in their strength. We've talked endlessly about Dane and then also just the confidence that can come from, repping it out and getting lost in the gym, getting lost in the rep, getting lost in the weight room, um, just kind of get lost in the moment and don't think about what's going on around you. Just think about what you got to do right now, uh, task at hand. And, you know, Megan's showing up every day and she's just matured. You know, she's a different kid. And I think that's also something that happens at college. And that's the exciting part for us as coaches is to look back at not just moments, in certain maybe game situations, but just life situations and how they would have reacted in the past and now how they're handling things. And it just, you know, off the court is no different than on the court. And so Megan, how she is doing on the court is a direct reflection of how she's doing off the court. You know, she's got a great social group. She's doing well in the classroom. She's, you know, communicating what she needs from the certain, like the team behind the team and, You know, when she's on, we're on. And there's the nights where she hasn't had her best night, but the best thing Megan can do for us is still show up at the service line, still be a great passer, still be a great defender. Um, There's more to her game than just what she does on the attack. But we got to score points and kill pay the bills. So she uh, is doing a nice job back there for us. Kills pay the bills. Hey, uh, Coach, you know you're traveling, so I'll let you go on on the uh, this final one. You mentioned Abilene coming up on Tuesday, but you turn back around and you're finally back home Friday night against the Texas Southern, the first time you guys have been home since, gosh, the opening weekend of the season. <laughs> you, you've had a great start to this season. How important is it to get a great crowd in there and, and make the McCaslin Fieldhouse an absolute uh, one-sided home court advantage? hundred percent. We talked at length about that in the last match against FIU before we departed for this road vendor, you know, was give these people something to talk about and give them something to buzz about. And we're going to go do our job on the road. You know, we're going to go gobble up road wins. We're going to go learn how to become a team because when you want to win in December, you have to learn how to win on the road or at home, whatever, you know, is dealt to you. So we wanted to make sure though, too, with the way we scheduled, the way we wanted to play that, there was a product that people wanted to come see. And so whether you're in the Dallas-Abilene area this week and you can catch the Tuesday night match at Abilene or 100% you want to catch the lunch break um, against Nevada on Friday or the, the evening match against Texas Southern, you know, we truly believe what's about to happen for the field house with the team behind the team, um, that, is, that is the crowd. You know, we want to pack that thing. We want to break records and – we truly are for this 22 season trying to get 22,000 to pack the field house. 
in a total attendance for the year. So why not better than to kick it off with, you know, 2,000 in there this, this Friday night, students included, um, and just send off the, the pre-conference. You know, what we goal for was 10 and 2, and it's still very obtainable. And this group is hungry. They're not done yet. And uh, that crowd could definitely be the tipping point to make that happen. So I invite everybody to come out. Um, obviously, I'm biased, and maybe you are too, Chris. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, this group specifically, how they look, how they sound, and how they're playing the game right now, it's pretty special. And I would invite anyone to come and enjoy the match with us. Well, I think you guys are pretty special, Coach. It's been an awesome start to the season. Congrats, and can't wait to get you back home this Friday night. Best of luck in Abilene and safe travels. Hey, thank you for having us on. Safe travels for sure. Um, not to be a miss of you know, 9-11 yesterday and where everyone yeah. was and what we were doing and um, the ability to walk through an airport today and, and feel like we can travel safely is, is not to be um, forgotten for sure. Amen. So. Thank you to all of that, and let's just have a great week, and we'll see you guys on Friday. What a message. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate you. What a message right, from Lindsey Gray-Wall. What a way to wrap up hour one. All right, just got the best text to the show. It's going to be hard to match this. Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 405. Plank, you're making me feel bad for leaving at halftime with my 8-year-old son. I know I shouldn't have, but dang it. Were the lights really that cool? Well, number one, as a father of an eight-year-old, completely get it, bro. Don't feel bad. Understand. Uh, I had to leave a high school game at halftime because of an eight-year-old last week. But I can confirm they were that cool. And if you're able to get them to stick around next time, you're never going to have a problem having them stay at the game from here on out. All right, guys. Hour one of the books. Look at that. It's uh, all reaction to OU's win over Kent State next on the Home of Sooner fans.